Welcome to My Messy Lessons, the podcast. I hope this show will encourage you to know and love yourself more, inspire you to look at things differently, or maybe just say, oh, thank God, I thought I was the only one. As you join me in my journey through life, please don't take it as the truth. I might disagree with myself 10 episodes from now, so use my discoveries simply to spark your own, to learn, think, and grow in whatever direction that takes you. This week, I am very excited to have Kelly on my podcast. I met Kelly at an art exhibit in a mattress store. (laughs) True story. (laughs) And we just got talking about a piece of art. She mentioned she was a physio and I said, I'm a massage therapist, so we should be friends. And we've been friends ever since. Um, Kelly is very committed to her growth and her health and... She is one of the kindest, most loving people you will ever meet. So I'm excited to have her on my podcast and share her with you this week. Thanks, Steve. Happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, tell me about one of the hardest lessons or one of the biggest lessons you've learned in your life. Biggest lessons. Um, I've learned many. <laughs> Uh, one that I could say, I guess that I've had the most impact from would be, and I think I've always known this, but later in life, I just had a a bit of an aha moment that you really do have to trust your gut. Um, and if something's kind of really sticking with you and you feel like you should do it, but you're trying to fight it, but not really following your gut, uh, when you do, it's, I've had kind of like an aha moment of, oh, that was the best decision I could have ever made in my life. And why didn't I do that earlier? Hmm. So I would say, yeah, learning to trust your gut, I guess, ahead of (laughs) when you should. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. How do you, how do you know when it's your gut? I think you just, you don't think so much with your head, which I tend to like to do, (laughs) overthink. Um, It's more of just a feeling of when you think about doing the thing that your gut is trying to tell you to do, you feel content or happy or like you're doing the right thing. Uh, as an, as I learned recently, you feel now that I know the words to put to it, you feel more expanded, um, than contracted as one of our (laughs) friends has taught us. That's right. Coaches. (laughs) Mutual coaches have taught us that that's a, it's a good feeling or that you can trust, um, your intuition or, yeah. Sometimes do you feel scared when you feel like you want to trust your gut or like scared about what your gut is telling you? 100%. Yeah. And I think that's why sometimes you tend to try to fight it or rationalize with your thinking brain that, you know, try to rationalize yourself out of what your gut is trying to tell you because it just doesn't, your logical brain tries to overtake your, <laughs> your gut brain, I guess I would say. So yeah, I would definitely say, um, like an example, I guess, um, from when I really trusted my gut, I was, um, working up at Edmonton, had been there for several years in the same job and, um, was kind of hitting a, needed to do more growth in my professional career. I really loved the people, but was having a bit of struggle with, you know, 
some relationships at work and having a struggle with relationships, um, personal on a personal level was having some health issues just kind of seemed like everything that could have come at you kind of came at me at once. And my gut feeling that I'd had way before I should have done it was I just need to go home and just be with family and be around people who support you in all areas of life. And I just knew that I needed to go home and rest and eat healthy and be with family and just recharge. Mm -hmm. But I kind of push that off and push that off because it's scary to walk away from a full-time position and scary to pick up your life and start all over again and go home and and just yeah it's it was a it was a big risk because you don't yeah. know will I get a job again or totally. will I find someone you know in a relationship and yeah but I always knew that family was I don't know you just family is just such a huge draw for me that I just knew it would be a good good space to go back to and it was yeah turned out to be the best decision ever I got mm-hmm. you know um time with family that I'll never get back again moved home for a year and a half and had three generations of of the family in one place and sat down and had beautiful meals and time with my grandmother that I wouldn't have ever had if, unless I would have gone home and time with friends and time to recharge and time to kind of go into different areas of work. Cause I was in such a specialized area. It was nice to kind of go, yeah, you know what? I, I can go back into two or three other different jobs and, and I can do it right. It's mm-hmm. more of a building that confidence kind of back up after you've been so specialized. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, is it easy for you to listen to your gut? Um, I think it is, but it's not always easy to follow what it's telling you. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of know that your gut's telling you, but it's not necessarily, I think I try to overthink it or try to make it more logical or rational and maybe try to undo <laughs> things in my brain logically. Or we try to come up with logical reasons to back up what our gut is saying. Yes. So that we can justify it to ourselves. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Or if it's something that, you know, causes fear, like what's going to happen if I do this? Or I think I try to think of like every possibility that could come of a decision. And then if I don't like (laughs) the results, you tend to be like, okay, maybe I'm okay. I'll just, I'll just keep moving along the way. um, And not really do what my gut is telling me to do, I guess. So, yeah. I think for me, it's hard to listen to my gut because I'm going, going, going all the time. And when I hear my gut best is when I stop and I'm, you know, quiet in Mm. nature or meditating or journaling something that gives my gut space to talk to me basically. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I've had those moments too. Like I did a, a silence retreat for the first time. (laughs) And people are always like, what? You don't talk for three days? And I'm like, I know it sounds impossible. Um, But you have people talking at at you and you're, you know, you're meditating and you're watching videos. But it actually was, I think, like I remember just being in the meditation and then they would give you some time to like go for a walk and outside in nature and stuff. And it's amazing when you, when you try to shut down some of that chatter in your head, what important things kind of surface. So I think having that kind of downtime does give you a better intuition or a better gut feeling, or you can trust that that's the true feeling, not just, you know, all this kind of stimulus coming in and you not knowing what is the right one to choose, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. I would totally agree. 
I think for me, I also determine it. Sometimes, um, impulses can feel like gut feelings Mm. to me. Like if you're really angry at somebody and you really want to tell them off and it feels right in your gut to do that. Right. That's more of an impulse, but it almost feels the same as a gut feeling to me. I think I know something's a gut feeling when I feel it over like the same feeling over a course of time, you know, over a few meals. So I know I'm not hangry (laughs) when I feel it, when I'm happy and when I'm sad and when I'm angry and when I'm confused and I'm, if I'm getting the same message, that same gut feeling, then I know it's my gut Mm -hmm. and not just an impulse. Right. I don't know. Does your gut feeling and your impulses feel the same? Um, Actually, I had someone ask me that before too. They're like, how do you know it's your gut feeling and not just what people are, you know, kind of telling you or what you think you want to do, like in your logical brain or telling you, um, I don't know. It's a different, I can't really explain like it. Like you said, it's a little bit more consistent. Like you feel it, like it comes up over and over again. It's like your body's trying to tell you something, but you're, you haven't quite listened. So it's going to give you that feeling again and again and again. Whereas an impulse I find will come and go. Yeah. So it just kind of comes and then you may do it and it may go away, but it doesn't keep coming back. Like, yeah. And kind of nitpick at you and say, does it feel different in your body? Like what does an impulse feel like in your body versus a gut feeling? A gut feeling to me, um, it feels a bit more, is, I don't know if it's hard, like a bit more heavy. I don't know if that's yeah. a good way to explain yeah. it. Like it, like it sits with you and it stays with you. Whereas an impulse just kind of feels like a, like a spur of the moment quick. Like you might get excited about an impulse thing, but then it doesn't like, doesn't sit with you or stay with you or kind of have that kind of heavier kind of feeling, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But sometimes I think we do confuse our overthinking brain with our gut. I find now that I've been a bit more involved in meditation, it's a little bit easier to sit quietly and hear things or things that come to you kind of over and over again. Whereas before it would have just been my busy mind and what maybe I wanted to do or what I saw projected in the future. But now I find if you sit quietly, I find like you just, things sort of come to you when you're sitting quietly, which is new for me because I usually like to overthink and over kind of say, Oh, what if I do this, 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 and this is going to happen. Or if I do this, 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 and this is going to happen versus just trying to feel it instead of think it, which takes a lot of work. (laughs) It takes a lot more practice and yeah, it does. And sitting still. Yeah. I think practice is key too. Yeah, I think so. Because the more you practice, like anything else, practice makes perfect. And the more you practice listening to your gut, the easier you'll be able to hear your gut. Mm -hmm. Or I think like trusting if you have fallen your gut and, and it just feels good with the things that you've done. I think you can start to trust your intuition a little bit more versus if you just randomly Mm -hmm. like impulses come up and you're like, Oh, that didn't, I think you get kind of that feeling of like either feels good or it doesn't when you make that decision. And that's something to do with your kind of gut as well too, I guess. Or if you're, if you have a bit more awareness of like our, you know, people say like, does, how does that make you feel after you've made the decision? Right. Like it's almost like you say, if I do this, how would I feel if I made this decision versus if yeah, I made this say, decision, how would I, um, like, I'm going I... to Thailand. Okay, yeah. That's it. I've decided I'm going to yeah. Thailand. How do you feel? Yeah. And then, okay, I'm not going to Thailand. 
okay, how do you feel? Sometimes that works for sometimes, me. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, sometimes it, <laughs> sometimes it works. Yeah. Sometimes true. I'm like, if I knew that easily, I wouldn't be having this struggle it's inside true. of me. <laughs> but I think sometimes we make it harder than it is, right? If, if something comes to you easy or it just feels right, you're like, oh, well, that, that, that can't be right because that was too easy. Totally. Or... <laughs> we discount ourselves or right. we invalidate that feeling. Mm -hmm. Like it must be harder because... You know, if I'm struggling, it's got to be something hard. <laughs> it can't just come it's to true. me naturally. Or, yeah. 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 We think the bigger the decision, the harder the struggle must be. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I think it's a practice. It's definitely a practice for sure. So how do you differentiate between what your gut is saying and what your heart is saying? That's a good one. Sometimes I feel like those two are the same but your brain is the one that's doing the overthinking. Like I find like usually like if something is heart centered or it's usually coming from a good feeling from your gut for me anyways, but if you're overthinking something, it's not coming from your heart, right? It's more of like a, I have to sit with, I have to remind myself to sit and feel things, not think things because yeah. sometimes I overthink it. And you try mm -hmm. to make yourself feel a certain way about it by overthinking instead of just like, if I just sat there and how do I feel about that thought or about my decision? Like, like you said, like, how would I feel if I did this versus if I did this? Not like, why do I think I should do this? And you go with the decision that brings you more joy. Mm -hmm. You follow your joy. Mm -hmm. Happiness, joy, love, that kind of, try to. <laughs> and expansiveness. Yes. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say my heart and my gut always agree. No. And how so? I don't think they're, they're, um, different for everybody though. Yeah, it's true. Maybe you're more aligned than I am. And so your heart and your heart and your gut do almost always, or almost always agree. Maybe yeah. mine are a little bit more disconnected and I need to just like strengthen that connection. Cause I know I do. Yeah. Cause I think that came from years of, of learning, like being taught to not trust myself. Right. And so that really severed the connection between, I don't know, all my discernment centers, yeah. which is kind of what I call them. It makes sense. Um, my mind, my heart, and my gut, like they just weren't very connected. Right. But I think you were taught growing up to trust yes. yourself and how to discern and think for yourself and feel for yourself and all that kind of stuff. I would say, yeah, because most, most decisions, like even though you want your parents to make that decision for you. My mom would always say, she's like, I trust that you're going to make the right decision. Like oh, there was yeah. always that like, Oh, I really want her to tell me <laughs> which decision to make. But she always came yeah. back with that awesome saying like, you know, I, I trust that you'll, you'll make the right decision for you. Right. And you're like, and that kind of gives you confidence. Like, Oh, you know, she really thinks that right. I'm going to make the right decision. Yeah, I definitely right? never got that message. from <laughs> so, Yeah. Or I think like, I remember yeah. when I went um, traveling for the first time on my own, um, it was just kind of so nice. Like mom was like, you know, like I, I really know I've, you know, accomplished or did a good job with you because you felt safe enough or you trust yourself enough to go out mm, into the world on your own. Nice. And that was, it was a really kind of like a, Oh, that's really nice. Like I didn't really see it that way until my mom kind of yeah. came back and said it that way. And yeah, you learn to trust yourself for sure. Yeah. We don't always, but then sometimes when you make a decision and it, I think you learn from your we all learn from our mistakes, right? And I think you can fine tune how you can trust your gut and totally from by practice, by, by practice. Right? <laughs> but it's okay. Cause I think making mistakes 
because if it would just always felt wonderful and awesome and you'd be like, Oh, that's so easy. And like, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's really that easy, right? Like you make mistakes and you realize how you feel after you've made a mistake and you're like, Oh, I should have trusted my gut that time, but I didn't. And now I feel like this. And yeah, so I think it's just, it helps. Know. It helps you hone what to pay attention to. Yeah, almost. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, meditation is practice has been a newer experience for me. So I'm still, <laughs> still learning. And even though I know, you know, it's so good for you, sometimes it's still hard to find. It's funny how humans know things are good for them, but we still put them off to some extent, even though it feels so good when we do it and we get a positive feeling from it. And sometimes we just <laughs> don't always do what's, what's the best for us, but yeah, that's true. Like, oh, the last 50 times I've trusted my gut, good things have happened. I know what my gut is telling me now, but I don't know that I want to do it. Right. Like, how ridiculous is that? <laughs> and yet, that's how we feel a lot of the time. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think fear has a big part in it. So we're more invested in our fear than we are our track record of listening to our gut. Like why is fear still after 50 times of <laughs> trusting your gut and it gut. turns out why is fear so strong still? It's a good question. It's a very good question. I think, I don't know. Cause like, I know like right now, um, like I almost felt like I needed a break from work and I'm like, I just need like, two months and, you know, just time to sleep and time to, you know, heal your gut of, you know, there seems to be some health things that kind of keep coming up and aren't going away. Um, and sometimes you're just like, I just want to, you know, kind of retreat and kind of do stuff that's good for you. Right. But there's that fear of what are people going to think at work? If I ask for time off or what am my family going to think? Oh, she's, she's retiring early or, you know, or (laughs) what is, you know, everyone going to think when you try to, but really when you should just be thinking about how does it make me feel? Cause if I'm not healthy and happy, how yeah. am I affecting like the people around me? Right. Yeah. I think we just fear keeps us small sometimes. Right. Yeah. And I'm just remembering something I learned in a book about, you know, fear of new experiences or fear of change is a very primordial part of our brain that says, this is new. We don't know anything about it. Back away, back away. Right. Essentially, it's kind of like a red light flashing in your head, you know. I think it's what danger, kept us danger. alive before, right? Like, right. And so I don't know if that ever really turns off. Hmm. Or I think before, like I'm talking like before, like I think humans had to have that to survive. Oh, for sure. So it's ingrained It still in keeps us, us yeah. alive a lot of times. And we think more of, we <laughs> seem to remember more than negative. Like I think they say you have to have, like for one negative thing, you have to say like, three to five positive things for your brain to instill that positive. Cause that negative thing, like, Oh, danger or don't eat this red berry. Cause this poison has kept us alive. Mm-hmm. So I think it's almost like we have to train our brains to maybe, you know, it's, we're not, you know, we're not starving. We have a roof over our yeah. head. There's not a lot of, you know, danger in our lives, yeah. but I think our system is still wired that Definitely. way. Right? And we don't, we don't want to, shut that down or numb that part of us. I don't think that that's the point because it does legitimately keep us alive sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so we do need it. I think it's just recognizing, okay, 
this doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad decision just because I'm afraid of it. This is my primordial brain telling me that this is something new. This Mm -hmm. is something different. And I need to be careful of it. Okay. I'll be careful about it. I'll think about it. I'll use my intuition and I'll use my brain to, you know, I'll use my gut, see how I really feel about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and make the decision on based on those things. Yeah. But I think, yeah, like you're definitely right when it's like something new, right? A lot of times I think we have this like fear kind of built up and then you do it and you're like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. Right. Like every why, time, why did I, why did I fret so much about every it? <laughs> time we face our fears? <laughs> like, they are much smaller than yeah, they were. much smaller. I think we kind of, you know, overplay the amount that we're, or you kind of under, estimate, I guess, your ability to do something until a you lot of the time. Do anyways. It. I've heard stories where, <laughs> you know, their parents did react as badly or worse than they expected right. you know, or stuff like that. But I think most of the time, yeah, it's not as bad as the worst mm-hmm. case scenario or the fear of just being vulnerable too, right? Like putting yourself out there and things not working out, but we're human, right? That's how we learn. That's how we go through. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think if you, I find like it's easier to stay safe and small, but it's funny because then I'm attracted to things like travel because it's such a huge change and you get to put yourself out there like every day and do new adventures. And I have no problem doing that. But sometimes when it comes to, you know, more permanent things like work that has more of an effect Mm -hmm. or relationship, I'm like, okay, this has some different consequences if I totally, if I don't do that. Right. But whereas I, I thrive on it in other areas of my life, but you're trying to do it like, you know, consistently throughout your, maybe there's a way that we can, when we see, oh, I'm doing this in this area of my life. This is what it feels like. I know how that feels. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can bring that into other areas of our life where we desire more of that trait. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you could say next time you want to follow your gut, but you're afraid you can say, Hmm, you know, when I'm traveling and I feel afraid of doing something and I do it anyways, I know what that feels like to do it anyways. Mm -hmm. And I know how great it feels after. So I'm going to apply that same ability in Mm -hmm. this situation. Yeah, it's true. And I've, I've done stuff like moving across Canada and you're, you know, changing mm-hmm. your, you know, profession. Like it, it takes, it takes a good leap of faith and some, yeah, yeah some fear in there and then mm-hmm. <laughs> just go for Definitely. it. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's easier in other areas that are a bit more transient or not as permanent because we feel safer. We're kind of, you know, tricking our brains into, yeah, yeah. I don't mind fear because it's, it's And sometimes transient. we wait we try to wait until we're not afraid to do something. It's true. Like, Oh, I'll, I'll think about it until I'm not afraid anymore. Right. Well, that doesn't, it doesn't happen. Or you try to like, if I do this, these are the five scenarios that could happen. And am I okay with all yeah. five scenarios that might right. happen? Or, yeah. yeah. But I think the key is just to do it in spite of fear as like as corny and overused as that is. It's true. Like I often have a conversation with my fear and I like with, you know, becoming a sex, love and relationship coach. I have a fear. (laughs) I have a fear that like that people are going to think I'm crazy. They're going to be like, what 
you charge people this much money to like talk to them about sex? Like, like that's stupid. That's so neat. Or <laughs> like that, the other people will feel like what I have to offer doesn't have value. Right. You know, which is totally okay. And I guarantee you, there's going to be a lot of people that feel like what I have to offer is not valuable. And that's totally okay. It's the same with massages, right? Some people will be like, I would never pay that much money for a massage. Right. And then other people are super happy to pay that much. Um, it just depends on, on what you value. Mm-hmm. But I just talk to my fear and I say, all right, well, let's do it. And then we'll see. That's right. Cause you won't know unless you try. Right. And yeah. I know that if I do it and I'm there, I won't care. Right. And I know that there will be people that value what I have to offer, you know? And so when we, when we just do it and we walk with our fear and we're like, okay, let's, let's do this anyway. Yeah. And, and you can, and I'll prove to you that that's not true. It's you're, true. you know, what you're saying, Mr. Fear or Mrs. Fear. <laughs> I think a lot of what my fear is, is that I'm not a sex, love and relationship coach. So I think, well, I can't do this. And I say to myself, yeah, you're right. You can't do it. Right. Cause you're not one yet in a year. <laughs> you will be, right. and you will be able to do it. That's so right. like, yeah, That's right. you're right. Mr. Fear, Mrs. Fear. <laughs> I think my fear is a man. <gasps> That's interesting. There you go. Down with the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. What's that other cheesy saying? If you're like to, you should be doing something that scares you every day or, uh, yeah. <laughs> or if your dreams aren't scaring you, they're not, you're not, you're not dreaming big enough or something. Right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, everyone has their different, I think levels of what, makes them afraid, mm-hmm. right? Like someone be able to tackle changing jobs. No problem. Like I, yeah. I don't like, I actually like the sometimes change. No, I'm not changing professions, but changing areas or stuff because yeah. it promotes new growth. But some people would be like, Nope, I've been in this and I just want to be in that for 50 years and I feel comfortable. Totally. And, yeah. But then they're comfortable changing in other areas that you're not comfortable yeah. changing. Yeah. It's true. For sure. so, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So to kind of wrap this up, what advice would you give somebody if they came to you and said, Kelly, how can I learn to trust my gut? How do I know it's my, tr- it's my gut? I would say sit quietly more often yeah, <laughs> uh, and meditate. Not that you have to, it's interesting. I took a, a course called heart math um, and it was biofeedback um, into, so you kind of just clip it to your ear and when you're breathing and stuff, it tells you if you're kind of in a coherent state versus not in a coherent state. And I find for people who can't, it was kind of like a, Oh, this is kind of a cool aha moment. Like, even though I love like the meditation and the feeling, I, it's really interesting to see the feedback, like Mm -hmm. from a screen saying, okay, you're thinking of some really good things in your gut and you're going with what you feel. And it's given you a nice, kind of biofeedback coherent state versus if I let my mind wander, it, it sinks down into the zone where you don't want to be. It's, it's kind of an interesting like biofeedback for some people who don't necessarily have that trust in maybe their gut and stuff or just, yeah, just sitting more quietly and trying to do a bit more of that. I say it has helped me. It yeah. may not help everyone, but it's definitely helped me, but yeah. Um, and when you say meditation, do you mean like any kind of meditation? Cause there's, yeah, there's guided meditations yeah. and there's music meditations and there's breathing meditations and there's, 
There's walking meditations. There's some people just going for a hike. Is there meditation, right? right? Just going like, I love, like if I'm out in nature, I just relax just from being out in nature and and listening to the announce. It's a big one. Like, you know, just being going on walks or sometimes if I just go along the river, um, or just the other thing I find too is, um, someone said to me, or I think it was from one of my courses, we just have so much stimulus coming in and us all the time. Like maybe in the morning when you're getting in your car, maybe for the first five minutes, drive without the music on and just, you know, not necessarily have something kind of, I think we fill our mind with like background TV or background music or other stuff that we don't have to think so much. But if you sort of sit like, so I've tried that now where I just turn my radio off for the first little bit of my driving or in your, in the shower you could meditate by actually just paying attention to being in the shower and how that water feels on your skin. And instead of like, we usually are like, mm-hmm. Oh, I have my to-do list. Oh, what should I cook tonight? What am I going to bring for lunch? And totally. what should I wear? And you're in the shower, but you're not really, or someone said something as simple as washing dishes. Yeah. How does it feel? Just, just to being wash mindful. It? Yeah. Being mindful. Yeah. So it doesn't really have to mean you have to sit in a yogi pose and, yeah. <laughs> and have the music playing in the background right. or you can, it can be like two minutes of, gratitude or feeling grateful and that kind of sets you into a, you know, kind of a more quieter. It makes a surprisingly Mm -hmm. huge difference in your life when you do that on a daily basis. It does. Two minutes. And just two minutes. Like, I mean, yeah, like that course I went to, they're like just as much as like two to five minutes, two to three times per day is enough. And it, you don't have to sit there with your eyes closed and you can just be at your desk and, you know, kind of feel something with gratitude in your heart for, mm-hmm. you know, two minutes and it just kind of calms your breathing and yeah. just taking deeper breaths and someone wouldn't even know you're meditating while you're at work. Yeah. Right. Or yeah, it doesn't have to look like a yoga, yeah, <laughs> yoga totally. pose all the time. Yeah. I think going out in nature helps me the most. Mm-hmm. I have this one spot down by the river that I go and sit on. I sit on a rock when I need to really come to a conclusion about something or figure out how I really feel about it, what my gut's really saying. I always go to the same spot at the river. Mm. And I, I know that I've arrived at a gut feeling when it feels like, you know, when you're on a boat and you don't really, you don't really realize how unstable it is. Mm. And then you step off the boat onto the dock and you're like, Oh, sea legs. <laughs> yeah, but like, no, you just, you feel really stable. Mm. You know that feeling? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel when I come to mm. a gut decision or a gut feeling. Yeah. It just feels very strong and sturdy. Right. Mm. I like that. Did that answer your question? Sorry. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> yeah, things that's I great. would do. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome. One. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) This is Phoebe. Thank you for listening to My Messy Lessons. If you'd like to continue this discussion, visit my Facebook group called My Messy Lessons, The Community, and ask to be accepted into it. I would love to hear about your experiences or questions on these subjects. If you like this podcast and want to get each episode as it comes out, remember to hit the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. If you have questions, comments, or would like to access the show notes, please visit my website at www.mymessy.com. 
The intro and closing music is Never Back Down by Floor Broad. See you next week. And remember, we're all messy. That's what makes us beautiful. <laughs>